Hey, 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 what's up, Rudy fam? Hey. <laughs> so, y'all, guess what we did last night? <laughs> we Tell went em. to the drive-in theater. If you could call it a theater. I think that that's a strong word to use. <laughs> it was to your, I think you called it a MacBook Pro. It, that's how big the screen was, y'all. It was <laughs> it the size of a MacBook Pro. I kid y'all it not. Just was small. And we were 150 rows back. <laughs> We weren't. So, we were so far back. But the screen y'all. was small. The screen was small. We were played. We went to see Friday, though, and uh, it just, it is a national treasure. It really <laughs> it's is. A black national <laughs> treasure. It's a black national treasure. Oh, my oh, goodness. Man. It was such a good time. But um, welcome to the Rooted Life Podcast, where we believe in worship and witness, because the more we know God, the better we reflect him. And here, we just really keep it real with y'all by sharing our personal stories, getting all up into our business, uh-huh. and practical ways to strengthen our faith. So, Mo, tell us about yeah. these uh, glows Speaking and of uh, getting into personal business, <laughs> we're just going to lay it all out. I feel like I've had this really old habit of being hypercritical of myself mm. and, and being judgmental of myself. And I think that it's this week it kind of can't flare it back up. And I was like, oh, no, 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 we're not. We're not doing that again. Mm. So that was my growth, just learning to not be so hard on myself. And I think, that again, the more grace I can receive, the more I can, you know, extend to other people. So yeah. I'm just kind of learning that. And I think my glow this week, y'all, is God has taken me to Joshua more times than I can count. Mm. I mean, on Sunday, he took me there three times with a sermon, somebody's devotional. They sent me a scripture, someone. And I just what I loved about it is I was trying to figure out, like, how were they able to just camp out? They had been wandering their entire lives, mm-hmm. but God gave them all an assignment. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful, God, that even in the waiting, we can camp out and trust you because you've given us something to do. And like mm. the podcast is my assignment as mm-hmm. I wait on the promise. And mm-hmm. so that gave me just so much joy that I can camp out here, but also be doing things for the kingdom. And I just have more peace than I did at the beginning of the quarantine, just waiting on him. I love that. Oh, such a good glow this Ooh-hoo. week. I love it. Um, so my grow was just that I need to make sure that I'm like devoting my morning time to God. So Ooh. what ends up happening is like I get up, I mm-hmm. do my Bible app stories, I do Gotta my devotion, have I have my little prayer, but then I get on Instagram. And what I realized was that it's not that God is not the first thing, it's that because he's also not the last thing, the last thing that I remember is oh. all this Instagram stuff. My mind is distracted by all the craziness I see. And so then when I get ready to start my day, the last thing I'm actually reflecting on is all the stuff I saw on Instagram. So I'm recognizing that like I want to start with him and then get into my day and then like put Instagram a little bit later on in the Mm -hmm, morning. So mm -hmm. I'm still reflecting on the scripture, the story, Mm. the prayer time, whatever it was that I did with him. Um, But my glow, speaking of peace and seasons. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, on Monday I was stressed about work and I was having a tough day on Monday y'all. And by Friday though, the same things that were bothering me on Monday, they were just rolling right off the shoulders. True. And Morgan was like, oh, how was your day today? And I was like, you know, it was a great day. She was like, oh, everything went really well at work. I was like, no, it was a hot mess <laughs> at work. But I decided that I'm not letting anybody steal my joy. Hey. And so I'm moving right ahead. And she was like, you know what? That's great to hear. So that was my glow this week. <laughs> that is good. And just thinking about how it only took you a couple of days. Like in previous season, that would have been weeks of work. Child, I would <laughs> right now be on the podcast with an attitude. So praise the Lord for growth. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, well, let's recap our last episode. So our last episode was titled Weak Versus Wise. And we just talked about the different criteria we both have used in pursuing and maintaining relationships. Child, we talked about unwise criteria, 
how we have a habit or we've had a habit in the past of choosing friends based off convenience or even obligation. Mm. We talked about wise criteria we can use in seeking friendships, like seeking God's approval, looking for reciprocity and things like that. And then we also just talked about the importance of discernment and the Holy Spirit, y'all, when choosing good friends. Yeah, that is all some good stuff. Mm -hmm. And... Even when we use wisdom in our relationships and choosing people to be in our lives, we still know that because we are people, mm -hmm. there is going to be friction. Come on. And so, you know, there's always going to be a moment somebody going to say something that unintentionally hurts your feelings. Mm -hmm. They're going to cross the line or they're going to do something that hurts your feelings. And so this is what we refer to as an offense. Ooh. So that's what we're going to get into today, y'all. Offenses and conflict. So mm. offense is actually an annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult Ooh. to or disregard for oneself or one standard or principles. And I thought it was so funny because an offense is already something tricky to deal with because it's based on my personal standards mm. or principles mm -hmm. or an individual's perception. And mm. we know that that changes with the person. Girl. So what offends me may not offend you and vice versa. So now here we are trying to navigate this thing that's really not even black and white. And interestingly enough, when offense is referred to in the Bible in Luke 17, um, the root word there is a Greek word that means bent stick. Mm. And this is a stick that springs a trap or sets bait. And it's the mm. same word used for stumbling block. Wow. So when you really break that down, it's like moments of offense can either be something that we move through gracefully or we just completely stumble over. <laughs> well, I think I have a lot of experience with stumbling over offense. So maybe let's jump into how there's two types of offenses we're going to talk about today. There's personal offense and there's relational offense. And I think, you know, for me, when I think about offense, I'm always thinking about what other people did. Mm. But honestly, all offense starts with us to your to your point it's about perception yeah. um, and so personal offense is really the type of offense that we have to work out with ourselves and with God and that's because all offense actually starts with a the thought they meant to be rude they ignored my phone call they never listen to anybody mm. like th those are all thoughts and I think sometimes we put so much blame and focus on the actual event that took place instead of spending more time thinking about the thoughts that followed that event that caused the offense because then those thoughts actually lead to the emotions, anger, frustration, right. all those things. So the event in and of itself is not the source of the offense. It's actually our thoughts in response to the offense that actually causes us to get upset, i.e. somebody ignores your phone call. That was an event. That in of itself is not offensive. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going on. But then the thoughts, well, they always ignore yes. me. They don't like me. They don't want to be my friend. They never pick up. That, what if I need them? All those thoughts. And then after that, I'm angry. I'm upset. My feelings are hurt. But mm. it wasn't. What they did was not in and of itself really that offensive. Yeah. It was about my perception and honestly my own issues, if I could really be honest. Ooh, that's good. So for me, like offense is like when I'm about to get sick and my body like is trying to tell me, girl, slow down. You're about to get sick. So I can heed those warning signs early, do my little holistic remedies you know I love, or I can <laughs> ignore all those things and get full-blown sick. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what offense is. Like, offense are going to happen, but I think if we recognize, like, oh, these are warning signals. This is, this is the Holy Spirit being like, hey, something's not right here in mm -hmm. your heart. Mm -hmm. I can heed that early and have things fixed, or I can wait, and it ends up, you know, building into larger relational issues. And so before we even try to work out a fence with other people, like I got to learn how to work out a fence in my own heart and mm -hmm. bring it to God. So as soon as you become aware of all those thoughts that breathe the offense, go to God, ask him to help you. And he going to help you work through that conflict. Yeah. I think you make such a good point because we're not often taught that offense starts with us. Mm -mm. We're always taught like, Oh, you need to go deal with the person, which yes, that may need to happen. Which right. We're going to talk about, but a lot of times it's a you problem. It's all you. The reason you're even upset is because of you. you. Because as we've already stated, 
somebody could do the same thing to both of us mm-hmm. and one of us might keep it moving and the other person might be sulking for the rest of the day. Yep. So that means that that's a you thing. So I love that you pointed that out. And then when that happens, once we're able to deal with it and be aware enough of ourselves mm-hmm. um, to work through offense with us, it can still take place with other people. Oh, like, oh, oh it will. <laughs> it will take place with <laughs> oh, other people. Oh, it will. And so that's when we have relational offense, which we need to work through with ourselves another person and God plus God. Let's not forget that God (laughs) needs to still be a part of the equation. Um, And a lot of times, you know, this relational offense is what brings us to actual conflict. Mm -hmm. So this is when we're in a disagreement, an argument, a clash, a tiff, a beef, whatever urban dictionary word you (laughs) want to use. When you got a problem with somebody else, this is when you are now facing a conflict. And I think, you know, when we don't know how to manage conflict well, then resentment is going to be the inevitable fruit of a tree that is literally rooted in bitterness. And this really just ends up stifling the intimacy in our relationships. Mm -hmm. It completely takes away any type of joy that we can feel in a relationship and so I think it's so important for us to really be able to navigate conflict well through friendships or romantic relationships yeah and I want to add too that when you don't know how to do that not only does it stifle intimacy but it stifles how safe you feel in a friendship and a relationship mm-hmm. like if I can't go to you about how you hurt my feelings like I don't feel emotionally safe anymore yeah so how can you actually grow with somebody and trust them if it's like I can't even trust you with the issues I'm having with us yeah yeah I that's can't. big that's big that goes back to the vulnerability we talked about last week which is some of the criteria that you need for a good friend. Smooth plug. Come on now. (laughs) Okay, so conflict. So you know that this season we talking about healthy relationships. So in order to have healthy relationships, we have to be able to manage our personal offense, the relational offense, and also be able to navigate conflict Mm. um, that's naturally going to follow the offense. And so I think I just want to say, like, conflict is natural. It's a part of relationships. Say it again, Morgan. Like, it's natural part of life. Mm -hmm. But I think so many of us are even taught that conflict is bad. Like, if you Google the definition of conflict, which I did, it was all negative words, opposition, a fight. It was so negative. but. I think that, you know, a lot of us are even taught that we should avoid conflict. Like, that's better. Mm. Or we're taught that good relationships have no conflict. I really thought that. I'm like, oh, we've only fought two times. We're so healthy. What a lie. Lies. Wow, what a lie. Huge lies. <laughs> or some of us, depending on, you know, our upbringing, we might equate conflict to nasty words mm. or physical altercations. Yep. But that's not, we're not talking about none of that. We're mm-hmm. talking about there are ways that you can deal with conflict that is honest, mm-hmm. that is loving, that is graceful, that allows you to grow closer to God, that's honoring to God yep. and also honoring to the other person. Yeah. So we kind of talked about it and we feel like there are five steps to best deal with conflict. Mm-hmm. And so I always like to give a little biblical support. I think there's so much conflict in the Bible, but Ooh. I think that a lot of them follow the steps that we're going to outline. I mean, think about David and Saul. Saul was trying to kill David. <laughs> Bro, talk about conflict. Yeah. Saul be like, I love you. You my son. But actually, on second thought, I hate you. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And what did David do? He went to God. Think about Joshua and the children of Israel. They were doing all good. And God turned his back and was mad. And Joshua was like, bro, what happened? Mm-hmm. God was like, somebody stole. I told him, don't take all that stuff. Come on now. Mary and Martha, upset. What they do? Go to Jesus. And so I think they're really, if we look at all the conflict in the Bible, there really is a, a consistency there. Mm-hmm. And so the steps we're going to share are, there are five of them. The first one is acknowledge the offense and conflict. Second one, don't make assumptions, focus on the facts. The third one is process with God and wise counsel and pray for discernment. The fourth one, identify your role 
And the fifth one, discuss the conflict. Yeah, I mean, I love that the Bible gives us so many tangible examples of people who embrace conflict and navigated mm-hmm. it well, which I think brings a little bit of the fear away from it. Because it's like, yeah. okay, so people went before me. They did it okay. They That's all turned true. out great. They ended up in the Bible, so we should be able to trust them. <laughs> and so I think the best way sometimes to know how to do something well is to see how to not do it. Ooh. And so I think, you know, we should got to talk about our first little beef. Okay. <laughs> Transparency. In um, our little working partnership um, <laughs> and how we use none of the tools that you just mentioned. Zero. Um, so y'all last summer when we first kind of started our Instagram, we didn't really have any processes. It was literally just like mm, whoever remembers to post, post and then like whatever you want to do and then we would be like I didn't like what you posted and just going back and forth. We just didn't realize that this was like a full time job that Mm-mm. actually requires a strategy and some processes yep. and so um, one of the times one of us was supposed to post, I really don't even remember and we just couldn't agree on the caption Mm-mm. and at some point, I think I called Morgan spiteful, y'all, and eventually we ended up getting on the phone and had literally one of the most awkward conversations so of cringy. my life. Um, but here we are a year later, and we recognize that that experience taught us, oh, here's all the things you shouldn't do when you're going through conflict with another person. Yeah, we did a lot of things wrong. So we're going to kind of talk through all the mistakes we made and then kind of come behind it with the steps that kind of would have been more helpful to do. So the first mistake we made is like, we didn't acknowledge that we had a real issue until days later. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I took the time in the moment to realize, like, oh, Morgan, you're actually offended. Like, something happened, and you're upset. You're actually frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I took enough time to realize, like, what's the real cause of the offense? And I think so often I can just blame it on somebody else's action. Well, she did that. And it's like, no, what are the thoughts behind what she did that's making you upset? Like, what are you, what are the, what's the story you're telling yourself? And I think I was so busy being like, this thing happened, I'm upset. And I didn't really process it. I just kind of jumped straight into the emotions and just started placing blame on you, basically. Mm. But instead, I think it would have been more helpful to do the first step, which is to acknowledge the offense and conflict. Like, we should have recognized we were offended, spent time to process, well, what are the thoughts that are coming behind that? Mm. Um, Recognize that we're both upset. And being willing to recognize early, like, oh, we in a fight. <laughs> okay. Right. Like, we're in an argument right now. Right. And I think that if we had done some more personal work on the back end and addressing our own personal thoughts, it probably could have been resolved much quicker. I agree. <laughs> the second mistake we made, um, we really just assumed the worst about each other. Like, mm-hmm. I was calling you spiteful because I'm walking <laughs> around my apartment mad that you're not texting me back. And I started creating my own narrative about the situation. And I really just assumed that you were ignoring me because you purposely didn't want to use my Instagram caption. And let me just pause and tell them I was not ignoring you. Ironically <laughs> so enough. Says, ironically enough, my mom and my sister and I were supposed to go to Jamaica and there was a hurricane that actually happened to be called Dorian. Okay. It was Hurricane the Dorian. The details are not important. It's actually very relevant and oh, ironic. Is it? Oh, is it? Yeah, so we were trying to get our money back mm-hmm. and plan another trip. So anyway, I wasn't ignoring her. She Let wasn't responding Let the record show. <laughs> I wasn't ignoring her. Well, she wasn't responding to my text messages. And uh, so I was making my own assumptions about it, which is still wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And not only is that petty, but like what I realized was that my emotions were preventing me from really thinking about the fact that like, the the narrative I was creating doesn't even align with Morgan's character mm. and which is why we cannot make assumptions in the midst of conflict because yeah. what we're thinking does not even really reflect our friends hearts and so mm. we're building this bridge to bitterness instead of forgiveness Ooh. and so instead I should have done step two which is focus on the facts because the only fact that I had was that you had not texted me back True. and so there was no need for me to draw any other conclusions that I just made up out of nowhere <laughs> other than like <laughs> she didn't text me back and so 
I think it better serves us in our relationships to reflect on the best and not the worst case scenario. And this is referred to in Philippians 4, 8. And so instead of saying Morgan's out here, not ignore uh, Morgan's out here, ignoring me and purposely not texting me back. I could have just been like, you know what? Maybe she got busy. Like Mm. I could have brainstormed what's the best possible scenario Mm -hmm. here. Um, And when we really just focus on the facts, it lets us move through conflict from this place of like grace and humility. Oh, that's so good. All right. The third mistake. We attempted to process the offense and conflict and the frustration that followed all by ourselves. Yep. Um, And I think it's just so funny that we would even think that we are capable of managing our own thoughts and perceptions and Mm, feelings. mm -hmm. We're not capable of that. Nope. We're not. And I think that when we end up trying to process on our own, we end up ruminating over what happened. We rereading old text messages and we end up making ourselves more angry and more upset. Mm. And I think all of that anger and frustration actually clouds our perception, our judgment, kind of like what you said earlier. And it prevents us from really seeing the situation clearly. So instead, we should have done step three, process with God and wise counsel and pray for discernment. And Mm. I think this step is so vital because we can't will ourselves into thinking differently. I can't will myself into seeing differently or to even feel differently. Yeah. But I'm thankful that, like, I don't have to will myself. Like, I got a whole God. I got a father who wants to help me process things in a healthy way. Yeah. And so I think it actually makes sense to go to God first because he's the only one who actually really knows you really knows the other person. He's the only one there who's a third-party objective point of view. Like, he created you. He created me. He knows the depths of your heart and the depths of my heart. It makes the most sense to go to him. Mm, it makes the most so sense. plain, but people don't think that. Mm-mm. I'm so glad you're saying that. Because I've, le- I've literally never thought about that before. Like, he's the only one who knows both of us. Right. So we need to involve him in the process because he can help be like, now, Dorian, you know that Morgan would not sit here and just purposely ignore you. You know that's not like her. And then be like, you know what? Now, Morgan, you know Dorian probably didn't mean what she said. Mm-hmm. That. Like, he can mediate. Right. I love that. And he's objective. Like, he doesn't care more about you than he cares about me. Yeah. He cares about both of us, so he's Equally. not choosing sides. Mm-hmm. He just wants us to walk in love and do his will. And so That's I it. love that we can go to him because he's objective, but he also has a vested interest in both of our lives because he's our father. Mm. And I think after that, like, it's wise to seek counsel. So I talked to my mama. I'm like, we having an issue. What are we supposed to do again? <laughs> and then you pray for discernment. Like, God, help me deal with this conflict in a way that is honest to what I'm feeling and experience, experiencing, but also life-giving to the other person in the relationship because I don't want the relationship to end over one conflict. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, that is so good, Mo. Ugh, so good. All right, y'all. So the fourth mistake we mm-hmm. made, um, we absolved ourselves of all responsibility. And so <laughs> separately, we really just made ourselves the hero or the victim, mm-hmm. and the other person was the villain. And this is what happens when we spend time identifying all the ways that it's the other person's fault. We have no energy left to really even think about our own behavior's impact on the outcome of the situation. Wow. And I recognize, y'all, that some conflict can certainly fall on one side more than another Mm -hmm. um, when there's like blatant disrespect or there's disregard for boundaries but we're talking about minor offenses here Mm -hmm. and in those situations there's often something that we could have done differently to influence a better result and there's a fair amount of accountability for all of us to accept yeah and I think that we can hold people accountable without making them the villain like Mm -hmm. that's what grace is maybe the conflict did fall more on one side than the other but like I can hold somebody accountable and be gracious towards them. I don't think it's one or the other. Absolutely. You can do both. And so instead of playing this blame game, we really should have just spent time identifying our own role in the conflict. Yeah. And this is when in the midst of a conflict, we have to ask ourselves, could I have been clearer about my expectations? Could I have responded a little less harshly? Mm-hmm. Could I have prioritized my time better to help mm-hmm. this situation? 
And when we take the time to identify our own role, we can recognize if someone else just needs a little bit something more from us, if they need more clarity, more grace, more understanding. And I just want to caution us to never be so offended in a relationship that we can't recognize how we can be a better contributor to that relationship. Love that one. Ooh, that's a good line. Okay, the last mistakes. Is I think that at the end of the day, we weren't really able to appropriately deal with the conflict because we hadn't done step one through four. (laughs) So we just kind of avoided talking. Well, I kind of avoided talking to you for a few days because every time we did, it was kind of an argument. And so when I think about what we look like, it was like we really were just fish flopping around out of water (laughs) trying to survive. And I think really we could have just tapped into the living will, been sustained, and we could move through and learn through Mm -hmm. the conflict, Mm -hmm. not avoid it. And so if you don't do step one through four, Mm -hmm. you run the risk also of like speaking to that person prematurely before you've done the personal work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I might start trying to hold you responsible for things that are my own heart issues or throwing my baggage on you. It's like I got to recognize what my own role is. Talk to God so I can actually go to you in a way that's loving. And so I think instead we should have done step five sooner, which is talk to the other person <laughs> about the conflict after we've done those first steps. And I think that when we do those steps one through four first we're actually able to talk in a loving way but also able to hear what the other person is saying if I haven't processed my own anger and frustration I can't even really hear you clearly Mm. because again all that anger and frustration is clouding my perception of who you are and what you're saying so it's like I gotta do my own work first come on now got to do your own work do your work I think the best part about navigating conflict well is that you prevent future conflict come on like once we talk through this issue and realize that it was really a systems problem we just need to put some processes in place Mm -hmm. it wasn't a people problem there was nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with us in that moment and so a lot of times like once you just suck it up and address the (laughs) conflict that first time it doesn't resurface because you end up putting a solution in place that prevents you from having that same conflict Mm -hmm. and that argument about instagram that specific one it was other ones (laughs) that would never happen again Mm -mm. and so i think it's just so important for us to remember like don't let that fear hold you back yeah, because you good. actually are about to nip something in the bud from even coming back again. Mm. I love it. Um, so when you're diving into conflict, y'all can remember the five D's. Okay. Mm-hmm. So y'all know I love a little alliteration. So I put it. together some some, uh, some quick ones for y'all so y'all can remember. Determine, data, discern, decide, discuss. Okay. Mm-hmm. So determine. This is when you determine what is the actual offense? What's the real problem here? Data. This is when you focus on your facts so you don't end up making assumptions. Mm -hmm. Discern. When you process with God and add in wise counsel if you need to. Mm -hmm. Decide. This is when you decide what is it that I did wrong right here to get us to this situation. And finally, discuss. Speak for itself. Pick up the phone. Call the person. Get in person with them. Whatever you need to do. Just talk about the conflict. And we didn't really talk about this before, but I just really think that phone calls are better than text messages. Please tell the people. Y'all, how... Because, again, if you're already making a narrative about that person, when you read their text, you're reading it in a tone. Yes. It's probably not even (laughs) accurate. You feel like they're yelling at you, and they're really just, like, coming to you with facts. But I just want to say that I think that having phone calls is a, a, or even in person is a more mature way of dealing with conflict. But that's just my little two cents. But to that point, like, dealing with conflict is possible. Mm -hmm. But I think what's really beautiful is, like, we don't have to deal with it alone. Like, God is not only with you, not only aware of the conflict you're facing, but he is the most equipped to deal with conflict. So good. He was there when the first conflict ever happened in the earth. Like, Mm -hmm. he was there when Adam and Eve were placing blame on who ate the fruit first from the enemy. (laughs) Right. Like, he was able to navigate that. So, I mean, he was able to navigate man's fall and Mm. sin. Surely he can navigate the small little tiffs and issues we have in our relationships. And I think I just also want to emphasize, like, 
it's important to be able to work through conflict. It's mm-hmm. a sign of personal and relational maturity. Yes. And I think that when we do conflict in a healthy way, it builds intimacy. Like we're closer as a result of that. Mm-hmm. It builds understanding. It builds a depth to the relationship and it yeah. even can bring us closer to God. I love all of that, Morgan. <laughs> oh, just co-sign. Y'all, we got to be able to do conflict well. Um, and if you need some other tools, like, you know, we're all about, practicality and so um, there's a book I want to recommend called difficult conversations it's by Douglas Stone and Sheila Helen and um, I have read another version of the book specific to the workplace that's Mm -hmm. about giving and receiving feedback Mm. and difficult conversations offers different scenarios practical tools and the science behind engaging in difficult uh, conversations so if you are a reader and you like to um, you want to get better in this area I would recommend that book and if you just want to hear a little 30 minutes, you can hop on 30 Minutes with the Perrys. That's Jackie Hill Perry and yeah. her husband. They dropped an episode uh, early this spring called Embracing Conflict. And they just talk about their different styles of dealing with conflict and how they've learned to deal with conflict as Christians and also as a married couple. So you can check that podcast out um, on all platforms. Love it. All right, y'all. Y'all know what to do. If you're on Apple Podcasts, head on over and leave us a review and let us know what y'all thought about this episode. Um, and shout out to Kay Merriweather Hawkins, who left us a review you last week and said that this is her new fave podcast so thank you so much i love reading the reviews man Uh, those mean so much to us so if you listen to this episode go ahead and screenshot it post it tag us at rooted life podcast and make sure y'all check us out this tuesday at 6 30 eastern on ig live we're gonna be talking to our friend kb the creator of the friendship challenge and she teaches people how to have hard conversations for a living so i can't wait for that yeah that's gonna be some good perspective especially on the topic of offense Uh. all right y'all we love y'all Stay rooted out here, and we will see y'all next week.